Friday the 27th. That's a spooky number, right? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, this week has been nuts. Like I said, I changed the time. You know, like someone brought up different time we're doing this. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, work had already been busy, you know, all around like the world. <laughs> um, there are layoffs that are happening and my company went through three this year and I was lucky that I kept my job, but it got whittled down to where I'm the only one in my department. Um, and not really the only one in my department, but the only one that does the work I do. And I had just trained someone to help me. So isn't I, that just the way is like, you know, yeah. you, you feel like uh, Tommy Lee Jones, like, oh, I was training my replacement kid. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you are they, they pull you back in for Men in Black, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, love that love that movie but um yeah and well i love the first one more but um it the the thing is like it's been like overwhelming and i'm kind of just like you know everyone's being cool at work about it luckily like i even have a new boss but she's really cool so like it's it's honestly i like the people who are coming together to make it work but added to that like north texas randomly got like a whole bunch of crazy rain that um uh, we haven't had in a while and it was so bad that it actually flooded my office and <laughs> so it insane. wasn't so bad I, and it's interesting i have everything elevated i did that intentionally like i feel scared having like a computer on the floor power adapters on the floor so i have things like elevated around smart so for the most part everything is fine i had to throw out my rugs but i had one power adapter on the ground because I used it recently. I was plugging in some lights for photography and I, you know, I smell that electrical burn smell, you know, and I'm like, what yeah. is that from? There's not, and there, there it was the AC adapter. I went to go pick it up. It was super hot. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So I just threw yeah, that away. Um, See, your real problem is that being a Federation hooligan, like you are, you don't have enough amphibious mobile suits to handle the precipitation that, <laughs> That's that right. Texas gets. You That's know, right. I, honestly, it makes me wonder because, you know, Texas and Virginia are very similar in some ways. In particular, they have they are absolutely crippled by precipitation. Oh. I don't know who handles snow the the worst. Oh. Like, is it Texas or is it Virginia? Because you recall a couple of years ago, our you know our main highway, the interstate, was shut down for like three days over like three inches of snow. <laughs> Now that that's pretty big, but that that does happen too. Like, and normally it's not snow; it's ice, and things will mm. shut down. Actually, two years ago there was the big power outages that happened in Texas because yeah. Austin got snow and ice for the first time in forever. Um, we were okay here. I guess the power grid where I'm at specifically was okay, but your kids but, are like, "What is this stuff in the sky? What's?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, and then something else happened today. I was doing work and there was something my company laptop um i i have a desktop i used when i'm doing work at home i have the company laptop just in case i need to go travel go to the office and the guy uh, i was working with at work needed me to get something off my company laptop so i go to open it when i opened it i just saw a little speck of water and i was like oh no i was like i don't know how that would have happened but it's just a little speck and i turned it on and everything's fine i'm like okay and then the screen turned off and I was like, wait a minute. So then I plug it into an external display and it's working. So I guess just enough water got in that it completely destroyed the display. The so monitor. as I'm I'm telling the guy, well, I was going to get this to you, but my computer, you know, and he's like, and since he's IT, he's like, well, give me your address. We'll send you another one. So 
but hey, it, it was that's just service. That is real cool. service. Yeah, um, I think because they assume, I guess, how the work is, they assume that they have to provide the computers to everybody. But it's very I, and I, for the most part, I would always use my company computer, but my desktop is faster. One of my desktops are faster, so I use that. Um, so it's just, man, all this stuff was happening, and uh, man, like, uh, it was and. And then so then also yesterday, the FNAF movie came out. And while I'm not a huge Five Nights at Freddy's guy, my youngest is huge. Like he's I know all about it just because of him. And watching it, it's not bad. It's I, I don't I know if that because they went like they went for legit animatronics, which like, oh, yeah. my gosh, imagine using real animatronics for an animatronic like <laughs> villain, yeah, you know, I, to be honest, like. If there was CG, it didn't stick out at me. It might have been one scene where it's like a close-up of something, but otherwise there's barely any CG. And um, I think the, the main thing, it's a Blumhouse movie, and they usually try to take their stuff seriously, like their scripts. And so that was the thing. It was written well. Even if there, if you don't know FNAF, some of it is just kind of weird because it's yeah, these animatronics that are really slow, and it's like, what? But the story was really good. It had a lot to do about dreams, which is something I've gotten into. And it had to, it had this like underlying thing about like imaginary friends, which is kind of what FNAF's kind of created for kids or whatever. And, and not just kids. I shouldn't say that. I mean, really anyone could like it. It's cool. But yeah. um, um, it is interesting that like that particular game, I don't think it was necessarily targeted at like, you know, tweens i guess is is that that's like the primary fan base of of fnaf is like you know the Even 9 younger. to 13 years old like yeah, yeah. It, it, because it's the it, and this is what it is and it reminds me of when i was a kid it's like when you're looking at chuck e cheese or mickey in a costume like you love that mm -hmm. and then on top of that you know kids like when there's that edgy or scary aspect to something you know right you subvert the expectations yeah. just just so you know i think and, and this is something I was talking to my wife about a lot is like when it comes to like genres that subvert expectations, it's best done with lookalike characters. So you wouldn't want a horror movie based off of Chuck E. Cheese, right? You want a character like Freddy, Freddy Fazbear, yeah. that, you know, he you you get the shorthand. He is Chuck E. Cheese, but like, you know. You, and that's how you subvert expectations and similar like the boys um that that uh, comic oh, yeah. book that, that's the amazon series you know homelander is not superman but right. they use like the superman you know yeah. archetype as a shorthand of like here's who we're trying to make fun of it doesn't work if you use superman himself if you were to turn superman into a jerk like insecure crybaby it wouldn't land right well Dude, you're bringing up what makes Gundam work. They took the super robot genre and they kind of made it seem realistic and gritty. Yeah, <laughs> it's hey, we got we got to circle back around to Gundam. So, no, that's, that's that, it, there's nothing that I do better than segways. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I forget. Um, because I wasn't on your show Wednesday. Link in the description. So I don't know if we talked about your show that dropped um, or your episode of Dissecting Gundam. I forget if we even if that was two weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah, that was last Friday. Um, OK. And, and I wanted to get it out because I was going to be out of town 
all last weekend for yeah. a wedding. Ah, that's right. So I was like, I, I really need to put this one out. And I, I was pretty happy with it. I definitely yeah. need to record a little follow up to expand on some of the stuff that because it was a it was a Zeta Gundam episode. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't checked it out, but uh, you know, there's some stuff about Rekawa, I think that were that I kind of overlooked in the recording. So I'm probably going to go back and either record like a short or something. Um, but yeah, you know, missed you on Wednesday for, for my show. We, yeah. we did some resin casting to try and create a glowing heat sword. And, uh, you know, both of my experiments didn't quite land where I wanted them to, but I discovered something interesting today and I recorded a YouTube short that's going to go up a little bit later about it, but oh, was you know, you guys... the, the other short you came out was from the episode from the show Wednesday, right? Where yeah, you're kind of showing yeah. how it didn't work. And then, so did you figure it out? I so I didn't quite figure it out, but um, I did a couple of experiments. For one thing, it turns out that in the first one, you know, I was saying, oh man, it's not glowing, right? You know, I, I shined the light on it, didn't work. Well, I just, on a whim, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to clean it up, clean up the flash lines and all that stuff, shine the light on it. And the backside lit up like crazy. So basically what happened was all of that color chain, like all of the glowing pigment settled to the bottom of the mold as it was curing. Oh. And so one side glows super bright and the other side looks terrible. So, so that probably has to do with like figuring out the balance between the different chemicals or something. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, you know, it's part of that adding too much alcohol to the mix. I think that, you know, it, it the surface tension got so thin that all, like all of the pigment powder just fell to the bottom of the mold um but then i was just doing some tests with like you know just the little neon glow paints and these guys i was like well let's see what happens if i mix some of these with like some black and see if i can let's see if i can do it with paint because if i can do it with paint then i can do it with the, the resin part um and i tested it on a spoon I might have thrown the spoon away because it was a failure. Like wow. I mixed in some of that neon green with just some black acrylic paint and painted a spoon. And when I hit it with the light, it goes from black to green, but it doesn't glow. So, ah, well, no, that's, that's pretty cool. I got it to be continued, obviously. Really? Oh yeah. We're not curious. giving up on this project because it's like, it's just too cool to not work. Okay. So that that's, I feel like there's a lot on your shoulders here, figuring this out. And getting that Rekawa video done. So we're waiting <laughs> yeah, for some more of that content, that juicy, juicy content. Um, well, cool. Um, okay, here's something I want to do real quick. Um, G Fuel was kind enough to send me a Banshee hey. and a Unicorn um, little thing and a bunch of uh, G Fuel to try. Nice. I had my son randomly like they they gave me a whole bunch of random packets. So I have no I don't I had him randomly make me one. I hope he didn't put anything else in. I'm going to try it. And <laughs> and, I, and he slipped in my pocket the paper of what it is. So let's let's see. Okay, yeah. See if you can guess it. I I don't know. Like fruit fruit generic it's, fruit exactly. flavor. It, 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 it tastes like sugar. Sugary fruit. Yeah. Let's see I what bet it is. they would make good vodka drinks if you were to. Oh, yeah. Okay, here it is. It's um, snow cone. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tricky one to, like, really pinpoint the flavor. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I guess really, you know, thanks to G Fuel. Um, like on their website, they sell these, but you have to like put yourself on a wait list. But anyway, yeah. showing that off on the stream since they sent that to me, I thought that was pretty nice. That's um, pretty sweet. Okay, so the other thing I usually like to talk about, I think we kind of did, like what Gundam stuff we got into this week. But to be honest, with everything I didn't really, and I know you worked, you were working on the resin heat sword, anything else? Yeah, well, um, I did show this off on stream, but it is something I'm looking forward to putting together. Oh. The, the Selma land battle. Uh, what, what is it? I always surface type, right? So it's not that it's not the ground. It's not right. the high mobility ground type. It's the high mobility surface type, which I do appreciate that, you know, Bandai and Sunrise kind of go out of their way to give these origin and Thunderbolt kits like a unique naming convention so that they're not confused with other yeah no that's true models. i mean because then they can still do land type dirt type grass type <laughs> now they become pokemon is, is that what i'm getting at <laughs> <laughs> right well it's like that um it, the, from thunderbolt they had like the gundam local type right yes. that's okay that's another one which yeah i it, yeah on one hand it's like um uh just an excuse to create more kits but on the other hand yes please um so. yeah i'm not gonna not gonna say no to that <laughs> hey and what's up to lucas garrett uh hey cheers buddy haven't yeah. seen you in a while yeah because of the time i've done it in the past yeah he hasn't been able to to show up often but yeah let's actually good to see talos our resident researcher hyena mage wd 30th saint kingdom good to see you here barry yeah, Ruby, johnny tacoma man really cool to see you guys all here um so, and then we'll probably, you know, there's not like any crazy news that has really been coming out for Gunman, at least I don't think. Uh, unless... Well, I mean, you dropped your uh, reaction to Metaverse oh. episode two, That's so right. that was cool. Um, I haven't even watched the third yet. I'm going to wait and do that this weekend. Um, there we but, go. <laughs> um, what, um, but I don't think anything else really, right? Like, there's some events in... You see engage, but I actually haven't jumped into that recently. Um yeah, neither have I. Yeah, I um um so so today we'll probably talk like uh, I just pulled up real quick some like Halloween related uh Gundam stuff we'll look at here in a second. Um I mean maybe we should have like a Discord pumpkin carving contest, like who can who can make the best oh, Gundam lantern. That's yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea because there's so much you could actually do with that in and actually just thinking how like a lot of people when they're building Gunpla the hobby thing, when carving pumpkins, kind of that creativity can kind of be used to that. I didn't even think about that. That's a good idea. Yeah, actually. yeah. I think it translates pretty well. Well, yeah. What if it's a, a pumpkin carving contest? You can only use your Gunpla hobby supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sitting there with nippers like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I did see someone posted, I think it was on Twitter, you know, one of those memes of like the Spirit of Halloween store costumes and it was Gumpla Builder and it's like oh. comes with hobby nippers and a backlog and <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's honestly good. the backlog alone would be worth it, right? Like yeah. I, I would buy a <laughs> I'd buy the Halloween costume if it actually came with some kits. Uh are you gonna do anything for Halloween? My daughter's getting... got a little costume put oh, together, cool. and, and I, I always kind of go out all out when it comes to the house decorations. So I didn't take a picture of it this year, but you know I've got oh, like yeah. a couple of inflatables, yeah. and I recently invested, and this is you know especially 
for you dads in the audience, for those of you who don't have a lot of time to do a lot of holiday decorations, I found on Amazon a 280 foot long LED like light strip, right? Um, and it changes colors and you have presets. So like, for instance, right now it's set to orange and purple for Halloween, but it also has a green and red setting for Christmas. So instead of oh. having to strip the lights down and put up other lights, I just hit a button on my little remote here and I can change the color of the lights. It's got red, white, and blue for 4th of, 4th of July. July. I might just leave the lights up all year round. Yeah, no, I was just thinking different... that. And where'd you say you got it? I found it on Amazon. It was like 70 bucks. Dude, I'm totally going to look that up because I typically don't put lights up because I think it's a pain up and down, up and down, even though I want to be festive. Because, you know, and that's the thing. Like every year when a holiday's coming up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to decorate. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then it's like I have two days left. And I'm like, uh, but uh, my attic is actually filled with decorations. I just. Gotta, oh, yeah. I just got to get them down. Um, so, and, and I was proud of myself because I applied some of my Gumpla knowledge to the lights outside because what happened was when i was wrapping them around like the um around the porch i have like some pillars where i you know usually coil the the lights up to the to the roof um i actually broke the strand so it was about maybe 10 feet of lights and then i snapped it because it was tangled and i was trying to pull it apart and so using the same soldering iron that I use for my Gumpla LEDs here at the table, I repaired and sealed up the lights in electrical tape and saved the whole thing because I wasn't about to buy another set. Wow, like, yeah, dude, excellent. Like this is where Gumpla like hobby skills can come into play around the house. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that is cool. Um, what's the little one going as for Halloween? She has a cow costume, which we're all oh. excited about. You know, we've got cows in the neighborhood, and so it's like, you know, this, we have a very, like, cow-centric community. Know. Like, yeah. That's 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 pretty cool, actually. Are you or the wife going to dress up? We, we have some plans, but, uh, you know, I'm going to save those for maybe, maybe actually come to think of it. What is the 31st on Wednesday? Because... No, I think it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Dang. Well, I'll still be in costume for for okay. November first. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that's actually cool. Yeah, well, yeah. No, but that's now, actually cool. You and the kids gonna dress up? Well, I don't know. I think the only one that's interested is the youngest, and even then, like you know, he's ten now, and he was just kind of like, yeah. But he does have a few costumes. I think he has a gorilla costume, which I think is awesome. Like running around that as a gorilla is always cool. scary, but, he, but yeah. we were, he was also wanting to get like a Michael Myers mask to put over the gorilla costume. <laughs> and then uh, I love those kind of like random combo costumes yeah. where it's like, you put like a scream mask over a dinosaur or something yeah. like that, where it's just, you know, yeah. it's totally absurd, but it works. Yeah. And so I think I'm going to do something like that. Cause I didn't get a costume this year and I got like the Luke Jedi costume last year. And so I have that, and I have, like, this Roman soldier costume. Maybe I can, like, make up something. Um, there you go. And my wife has an Ahsoka costume that I think we found it last year on clearance after Halloween. Nice. And she tried it on, like, when the show was on or whatever, and it and it, it looks great. So that's actually pretty cool. I think it, we'll just have to, like, do the face paint or something. Um Naturally. I, you know, I bet you could even go online, and they have, like, a template that you could, oh, like, yeah. like Print Again, out and then just let's like use our hobby skills and <laughs> exactly. let's use a water slide decal. 
<laughs> Dry <laughs> transfer. No way. <laughs> that would, that's like a Halloween horror story right there. Dry yeah, transfer yeah. face paint. <laughs> I mean, no. they have to have stuff like that, right? Like for the fake tattoos that they do for yeah. actors and stuff in movies. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, those are the water slides for sure. Yeah, that I I know. Yeah, they you know you get there's like yeah fake tattoos like a Chuck E. Cheese that you would uh put on or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I you know I, I the thing is like I'd love getting a bunch of candy and then just like devouring it, but Ugh, I don't, yeah, I need to lay off I, yeah stay away from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I had a dream that like I was looking in the mirror and I was like, wow, I'm losing weight. And then I woke up, I'm like, damn it. And then I go to the mirror and I'm like, eh, man, it's all right, man. <laughs> but uh okay actually let's um let's move on real quick um so it, this came up earlier i forget who i think i was talking to talos or maybe it was in discord the coolest one of the, not the coolest but in unicorn there's this badass part with the neo zeong and doesn't it like shoot out things it's been a while since i watched that scene and it like goes into the was it the jagans and then like controls them or whatever yeah, it like turns them into marionettes, which yeah. is kind of an interesting, I mean, it's a cool ability that, and it's one of the things that I tried to replicate in the Gundam 5e tabletop is I was like, oh, you know, that that was like a thing, right? Like, yeah, new type, or at least cyber new types have the ability to use remote weapons to like hijack mobile suits that are either disabled for whatever reason, maybe the pilots have been killed inside of them. But I, I mean, that was a really speaking of ahsoka you know it's like it's like the zombie stormtrooper yeah right? it's like as a matter of fact scene. my son wasn't too interested in watching ahsoka when we were but i just showed him like a couple hours ago that scene from ahsoka because that's probably one of the coolest things out of that was the zombie stormtroopers um um but so uh, he, then i was thinking okay what are some other things and there's just some badass artwork people have made um let me move that over a little bit like uh like this, like, um, just people have already thought about this stuff and went all in. Um, and then some stuff, which like, I, you know what? I feel bad. Cause I was like, Oh, this could be AI art, but really it could be someone actually made that themselves. <laughs> um, I hate that. That's a thing now where you'll like, look at art and be like, Oh, that's AI. And it's like, no, I actually took my time. <laughs> I mean, I think that there are some like artifacts of AI that, that really, um, that are really noticeable i mean we we get closer and closer i think but yeah i mean there's that uncanny valley effect that happens also another thing is i feel like if the color consistency is too on point like that's usually an artifact of ai you know what i mean like mm, a lot of yeah. times there's that human error when you're creating something with coloring maybe um yeah, there was an know. artist that I knew in college that um, he used to do these amazing, like, photorealistic, uh, you know, landscapes. He usually painted things like water towers, like Midwestern water tower type things. But then he would always go in with, like, a can of red spray paint and just screw it up somehow. Like, he'd oh, smudge it or, like, smear something on it. And, like, that was his mark of this this is a pristine creation that I've done, but there's something imperfect about it. And it's, it's almost distracting, but you know, it's one of those things like, you know, I think that that's probably going to be what people have to start doing in order to really sell their art as genuine and authentic in the presence of AI art. 
Yeah, you know, it reminds me of, I remember doing this when I was a kid all the time, signing my artwork. Or I would draw something and I'd always sign yeah. it at the bottom, you know? Um, yeah, I wonder if that's going to be a more prevalent thing. It, you know, and that could be a good thing. It's not to discount anyone's ability to do art, but to be where when you're seeking out art, you're like, oh, who did this? And it has like their name. And then people might then look for that more. Um yeah, I no, I mean, uh, one of my favorite quotes from from a sitcom is from the, uh, the TV show Scrubs. And, you know, he says, like, change doesn't always mean bad. It just means different. Oh, yeah, exactly. That That's always what I have to. I remember when I was younger, always hearing like people like oh, change is bad change. But it's like, no, 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 no. It's just different. You know, it's yeah. it, it will see what comes of it. And it, oh, now man, this one. Was, it's interesting because this looks like AI art and it's funny because some of the AI art that I was making had this similar look where it's like these kind of wider uh, Gundams with the antennas, but um, yeah, the, the AI art always tends to have that kind of strange three quarter turn perspective. Yeah. Oh, that one is probably not AI art, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. A lot of them have that. Yeah. You're right. Where it's like right on that angle. Um, Oh, that's cool. That's actually a, a model kit someone uh, messed with. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and then that is awesome. That looks sick. Um, and then this is pretty neat. Although, how would the beam saber be there? Did they bury him with the beam saber? And then he, I have questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, okay. So, so then there really is the uh, the zombie soldier. And this is from, so I guess the most Halloween, at first I was thinking Hathaway because of the math. Pumpkin head. Yeah, <laughs> which it's just a pumpkin. That could be Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. There on. we go. That's a Thanksgiving. It's decorative show. gourd season. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, yeah, from, and I remember, I, I think it was a year or so ago when I watched it for the first time, did a review on it. I think there's a, the supporter or the Patreon only, um, podcast where we all a bunch of us talked about this in the show and while i it got boring to me there were so many cool elements to g gun they were really just throwing everything and one of them being this whole um devil gundam thing like devil yeah. gundam legion with all the i mean these things look sick um they do and there's not G Gundam has such an amazing rug pull because you go from like this, oh, you know, it's a competitive tournament and we compete for like, like, you know, territories and things like that. And then all of a sudden it's like Devil Gundam wants to infect the world with like uh, yeah. the Dark Army. Like, what? <laughs> I know. And, and that's the problem. Mm. It's interesting because I feel like both of those things are cool, but there was just a lot of sometimes a lot of, and I hate to say it, filler, but there's a <laughs> lot of times where I was like, okay, let's just move on. But, okay, so these are soldiers controlled by Devil Gundam, originally normal human beings. They lost their free will when they were affected by, or infected, it could be affected, by DG cells and became puppets that work for Devil Gundam even after their death. Unless the Devil Gundam is defeated, the zombie soldiers will multiply indefinitely. Conversely, as long as the Devil Gundam is defeated, the zombie soldiers under its control can sleep peacefully. That's a happy ending. <laughs> Go. So, I don't know. Would you say that's the most Halloween for Gundam? Or do you have any other takes on that? 
I mean, that would probably be about it, right? Like Gundam tends to be more of a Christmas franchise, you know, with 0080 and yeah. Endless Waltz. Um, but, you know, the, what's interesting about the Dark Army, it really reminds me of the country of Karnath in the Dungeons and Dragons setting Eberron, which that like the lore around that, like the Great War in that setting is so cool because you have Karnath, which is ruled by a bunch of necromancers. And so when they go to war, they raise a bunch of dead bodies and they're like, fight our zombie army. And so the only way to fight them was to create the Warforged, which are like the aut automaton race, like androids, you know, medieval androids. But yeah, the Warforged were the only things that could fight against zombie army because, you know, even if they're killed, they're, they're Warforged. They're not people, so they can't be raised from the dead again the way oh. that a normal army could. So I love those types of lore elements where it's like you see things done as a reaction to other things it's um it's like it's it's the difference between story and plot right like plot yeah. is yeah you know you you have that cause and effect that makes it a story well so that's interesting so i don't know much dungeons and dragons lore you know really when i think about it i think surface level here are characters and worlds you make the story but i guess there really is a underlying story that then you can put characters in now Baldur's Gate 3 is Dungeons and Dragons, right? It is, yeah. Does and it, I believe it's set in like the forgot, Forgotten Realms setting. Does that also have that this that world you were talking about, that country you were talking about? No, no, it's a totally different like setting. So, oh. and and that's one of the cool things about like tabletop gaming is that you've got like these settings that you can play in like Forgotten Realms and Eberron and Ah, um, okay. So. Ah, uh, so like for instance Neverwinter Nights because I played that game, that video game. Is that Dungeons and Dragons also? It is, yeah. And is that a different realm? I think that one's still in Forgotten Realms, oh, but yeah. but I would probably be corrected on that. But, but uh, it's but interesting because yeah. you'll hear the names of these RPGs, like games I'll play, and then it's yeah. not until later I realize, oh, these are all Dungeons and Dragons properties. Um, like with yeah. Warhammer, you know, like 40K, they come out with all these games. And... <laughs> Exactly. And like, what's the difference between like 40K and Age of Sigmar and like, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot like the UC versus AU Gundam debate, yeah. right? You That's know, it's like you have the setting of UC and then you have the setting of, you know, CE or um, after colony, whatever the case may be. That's a and good so, way to put it, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, funny, we brought up more in the pocket a second ago because Christmas. <clears throat> so funny thing, I finally convinced my brother to watch it. Nice. And after the first couple episodes, he's all like, yeah, I'm not really digging it. And then he got to episode five and he's like, wow. And he and he's like, can I come over and we watch episode six? And I was like, yes. So tomorrow he's coming over. We're going to watch episode six. Finally got. I hope this. Pulls him over the edge. Yes. Welcome makes, to the fold. Yeah. Makes him a Gundamaniac. Because <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that makes me think. So, and that's the thing. I was like, well, if you're not going to get into Gundam, at least watch War in the Pocket. Because I feel like that's just an interesting story. It's a compelling story on its own, regardless of being robots or tanks, you know, like, so, um, so I think if anyone, yeah, that's a thing I'm going to think of. If if people are wanting to get into Gundam, they don't really know where to start, or you don't really know what to 
suggest, I think it's worn in the pocket. Yeah, it's always nice to have like a short sort yeah. of like all in one. You don't have to have a bunch of, you know, supplementary material to to enjoy it. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, we'll start with Unicorn, right? Like that was the most recent UC entry, but it's like there's so much backstory yeah. and filler that like you don't, you know, you really can't enjoy Unicorn as much In if you, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, that reminded me because when I was talking to him on the phone about it, he would ask me questions about the world that you don't need to know the answer to enjoy the show. But when he got that background information, it made it bigger. Yeah. It made it feel like, wow, we're at this colony, but then there's really this bigger thing that's happening. And this is just because I was like, hey, remember when they mentioned the Alex was made for this new type? That's Amaro, bro. That's yeah. Amaro from the original. <laughs> you know, like how it's yeah. like, and that's kind of a cool thing when you realize um, that and, it has that connection. Again, you know, taking it back to tabletop, that's like you know, the traditional trap that a lot of writers fall into is that they end up doing a lot of world building. It's like, I need to write 10,000 years of lore for all of these countries on this planet that I've made up in my mind. And it's like, you just need to start, like get, get in a small town with your players and do like the smallest encapsulated story, pretend like the rest of the world doesn't exist yet. And then once you've got people hooked on that little, you know, pocket story, uh, pun intended, yeah. <laughs> then you can introduce the larger world, which gives context to the story that's happening in that small town. And that's what war in the pocket is to me is it's like, yeah. you yeah. you don't need to know about Amaro or new types or any of that stuff. It's like this really human story that takes place within this setting. And if you like that story, then there's a whole world of other stories that opens up to you. And I wonder how intentional that was since it was the first Gundam that wasn't made by Tomino. You know, it was like, let's make, yeah, just make this other yeah. one. Other people make it. We'll have a story that's not related to Amaro or Shar, you know, and it's short. I, yeah, I think that that's pretty neat. Um, mm. It's good stuff. Anyway, um, okay. So the other thing, uh, the DJ or DJ, it, now, Talos says either one is correct. I've just gotten so used to DJ because that's just a cool name, DJ. Yeah. Um, the DJ but, Kit Bash. Yeah, but Traversia. 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 Traversia which is Char's. Um, uh, actually, here's a better picture of it. Yeah, it's Char's uh, DJ, which, you know, uh, me and Talos were having a little talk earlier, and he brought up some interesting things Now you know, this show uh, was 86 or 87 where Amaro shows up with it for the first time. And then, so really that's late in UC anyway. So, and because I remember, oh, you see them in narrative again. So it really was a high performing mobile suit for its time. And it did last also the, the binders on the DJ are supposed to be like heat dissipators, which mm. were then scaled down and used in the F 91. That's on the show. I didn't, make that connection until Talos told me. And I was like, wow, that is, uh, that's yeah. Cause cool. those are the same, those are the same wing binders that are on like the, not the Rick Dias, but like the Sturm Dias, the, it's like the next, let's see version of the Rick Dias. Um, cause there's up. a Rick DJ too. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So that's when it gets confusing. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Shizrum DS. Oh, okay. So this has, 
Yeah, because oh, it does seem to have something unless those are thrusters, but it does have the lines like on the, the DJ. Yeah, it's very interesting because it, it seems like the um, um, those binders were the beam cannons. Those are thrusters. That's what Talos is saying. It, there's the um, the Rick DJ. No, the Rick Diaz. And then the DJ. And it seems like that's like a line that borrowed from each other because they have some similarities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hey, and I, I'm pretty sure there is a Rick DJ. Let's look that up. Although maybe I maybe I dreamt it. No, no, yeah, because I think it's from Moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I love the Moon designs. Yeah, yeah, they... yeah. Rick Diaz and DJ combined. <laughs> that's that's confusing, but that's cool. It, I remember <laughs> I when mean, I first... all of the DJs look like kit bashes, right? Yeah. Like they, they look like a Gelgoog mixed yeah. with like. You know, there's they, they have like the Federation chest vents, right? That are that are common, um, but yeah. Zeon like skirts and and so the DJ right. Traversia takes that to the next level with like yacht Doga shoulders. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing I noticed at first, even with the funnels. Um, and then I guess that led to the development of the yacht Doga and everything. Um, so again, I love the little details like that. Um. Yeah, this is pretty neat. Um, again, GBO2 always killing it with the random mobile suits. Um, you know, this one isn't as obscure because I think Char stands online probably already researched, you know, every suit he used. Didn't <laughs> I even do maybe that was just Amaro where I do like the the tier list? I'll have to look and if see if I did Char, I forgot. Um, I forget already. You could see how this one would slip through the cracks though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and because a lot of people really stand by like the animation of like, oh, Shard didn't use this, you know, he, you know, from the um, Sazabi, and then that's it, you know, like, um, yeah, but I mean, I got to jump back into GBO2. I just, I, I played the crap out of it this summer, and <laughs> I think I got my fill. I mean, I'm gonna hey, get back GBO2 to burnout is real. It is. Like it's <laughs> no, it is for as long as the game's been out, it's always been like that where I get into it and I'm playing it for like a couple months at a time, and then I don't for a couple months and yeah. then I get back into it. Um, and I know that that poll went out recently, and and you can tell that you know, obviously, since they're digging up pretty obscure mobile suits like this, they're like, Hey, do you guys want some AU mobile suits in GBO2? Or <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Was that a poll that went up? Yeah, yeah, they they wow. put out like a um. You know, just like a little questionnaire asking, you know, what the player base is like in GBO2 currently, you know, kind of like a state of the state of the universal century. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, one of the questions was, do we introduce AUs into GBO2? Um, Interesting. On one hand, I would say no. But on the other hand, like GBO2 has already been around for so long. If that happens to move the needle some more, why not? I mean, I if so, I would hope that they would institute some type of restriction where it's like you you can create custom matches that are like UC only, yeah. you know, because, um, you know, I, I just don't think that that would be fun. You know, you're kind of running around in like a 300 cost mobile suit and then all of a sudden like the aerial shows up and just marks everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that that's a good point. Yeah, about that. Um, 
or yeah, if they have, because I think sometimes when you make a custom match, you can like choose the eras that mm -hmm. you could choose from. I yeah, mean, it's like series battle. Yeah, but, series battles. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that could split the player base because I'm thinking how when some games do that, but I almost think GBO2 could use some more game modes to get oh, more yeah. players in. I mean, what if you just had an after colony game mode? It's everything wing. Yeah. I mean, I would just. Uh, I would prefer more campaigns, like more Code Fairy yeah. style stuff. And, and I would pay for that DLC. Like if it were, yeah. you know, extra $25, $30 for, to just unlock a campaign within GBO2. Well, because I'll, they yeah. always release those single, well, I say single, they always release those AI missions, right? Mm -hmm. And that it would be great if they had it where they were all available so you can play all of them at any time. Like, I'm surprised they're not doing that. Like, they should have a whole dedicated, like, campaign or mission section where you play all the missions that they've made and then, yeah, add some more. Because, yeah, and, and all of doing... those are scenarios, like, from the show, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, they have, like, oh, well, you fight against the Titans test team, or like, here's where you're recreating the battle against Lala. It's like, oh, yeah. Why don't you just do that like create a series of ai battles and it's like in this one you fight a goof in this one you fight three doms in this one you fight shars gelgoog like i just you don't even have to really bake the story into it i think people would just enjoy playing through the missions and here's another thing because like even in when you play online even though it's very little every time you use a suit they do gain experience even though it's mm -hmm. like very little they should maybe decide, hey, we're going to up the experience you earn in those campaign missions to give more, like, something to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that would be a good idea because, yeah, let's say they did – okay, because Battlefront 2, I played that a whole lot once they fixed it, you know, exactly the whole content thing. Um, and then they – And the added, lack thereof. Because <laughs> yeah. eventually, yeah, they finally added a bunch of stuff. They had, like – eras and you could do like the galactic battles of like you could choose yeah you could either choose like the prequels the sequels original and they yeah. from there you could choose what type so they even had it split up and that game was still super popular and that's why they were still supporting it and it's interesting because they went all the way up through rise of skywalker so technically battlefront 2 has every star wars except for you know like the shows on disney um, but all the the Skywalker saga, pretty much. Um, and I think that Battle Operation 2 should do that. They should have where, yeah, AU. I would like that. Even the Witch for Mercury um, universe, which that's called something, and I forget. Right? Didn't it? Uh, I don't remember <laughs> it, what oh, they're... Oh, Ad Stella. Ad Stella. Was that it? So or am I making that up? Maybe. Um, but because what's cool about that is they could have it like it's a school, like school battles. Because they have the, yeah. the stories like PMU for the Universal Century and just have the Witch Mercury being the school battles. Um, sure. Because I mean, that's even awesome. If, if people weren't crazy about the story, people are crazy about the mobile suits in that. So, yeah. See, it's just like you don't want GBO2 to basically devolve into just another Gundam Versus, right? Like, yeah. Because yeah, that's, exactly. that's all Gundam Versus is right now, is it's just like an arcadey, you know, brawler. Well, I guess technically it's a fighting game, but you right. know, it's like I know you, that's you where you have the mixed eras and all that stuff. So it's, it's like it's about the world and story, and it's just more about it's it's more about the fighting game mechanics. Whereas yeah. while GBO2 is all about the mechanics, it does it within the lore because they have the cost, you know, it's really keeping yeah, 
they may do some. Hopefully, someone from Bandai's watching this, or I can suggest it. Because if they're asking questions like that, and they are looking to make this game more popular, who better than Steven and Adam to be consultants on? I mean, come on. The 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 shared expertise between Gundam and gaming, especially from a developer standpoint, because. And I meant to send you this earlier because I, I saw somebody going off online talking about, you know, how how lazy devs are. And like, I you know, I, if I were to make a video game, it would be like combo driven and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what net code, what, what net code would be involved to have a massive multiplayer online fighting game that has the, you know, the type of... Uh, zero lag input that you're talking about and and we talk about this all the time it's like people criticize gbo2 a lot you know saying like oh well the devs don't know what they're doing it's like they they're pretty good <laughs> for, for most games out there gbo2 is tight it yeah it usually doesn't work out that way and it's See, now yeah. i think it was probably a fumble to not continue the support for star wars battlefront 2 with shows like you know you know yeah. how they always drop hero characters in there do it the same way that like Fortnite does with seasons and have yeah. like a mando season and drop in like oh you know this season you can get bo katan like yeah i know exactly like i remember at the height a little bit after the height of battlefront 2 like i played a ton of that and i was even mapping out in my head like they really need to make this a it's like developers are chasing that service game yeah. and 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 it's like it's right in front of you ea make star <laughs> wars battlefront a platform like a service where as new content comes out there's new maps new heroes and it's like that's all you gotta do and i think it's the same thing with gbo2 which i think it's yeah. they're kind of thinking that because think of how long this has been around and how long they're adding stuff just yeah honestly in my opinion the number one thing they should do though is what you said and do the the missions, the the campaign mission, the story. The, I think that is what will bring in other types of players and keep it going and make it that encyclopedia. I see GBO two as a gaming encyclopedia, like yeah. uh, Battlefront two. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, that's it uh, with the gaming stuff. Yeah, we've got a few more minutes. We'll probably end here shortly, but um, yeah, it's just interesting how it's been like a slow week because we got. I haven't watched that third battle uh, build metaverse yet, but it is interesting that they just dropped three episodes and that's it. Um, yeah, you know, and so it's like between that and like, you know, the drama going on with the actual uh, Gundam metaverse and, you know, there's really just like no gameplay to it. So it's like, I don't know, a, a lot of this stuff seems like they're shopping for ideas, right? You know, they they have like a vision of this really ambitious project that they are that they're showing in the metaverse show which looks amazing you know if they ha if they sold like that 3D scanner that that you have to buy in order to participate in the Gundam metaverse where you put your kit on it and all that stuff i i'd buy one like absolutely yeah, oh, yeah. that's so much better than the cell phone uh photogrammetry yeah like and speaking of that santo bell is in the chat that's pretty hey. cool. Normally, and being down under, uh, wouldn't be around. But like he kind of helped um, get some of that data, you know, from that because uh, uh, he was looking through that stuff as well. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, but I, I'm with you. 
like the phone, it's it's a step in the right direction. But if they just sold something that you can use to yeah, scan, a peripheral, yeah, um, and and of course that's like another source of revenue because you know the the problem with it now is it's like okay so right now it's like free to access anyone can download it and log in and stuff like that and because there's no revenue coming in from it what's their incentive to continue to de to develop it what's the incentive to you know are they going to start like actually in incorporating gameplay or is it just going to be this museum that you can walk around and look at mobile suits in vr like i don't <laughs> yeah in in it's something I thought of recently because I was in another discord and someone was complaining or they were just posting screenshots of people complaining about UC engage, not having gameplay. And I'm like, well, I don't think that was really the intention anyway. It's yeah. there are people that, that aren't into games like that just want to like have something, an app, a passive app that they can just collect things just like the, the uh, Gundam breaker mobile. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't have to be a Twitch-based video game. It can just be – and I, so I think the metaverse, it's like they dip their toes in, okay, well, at least people can scan in their Gumpla in the new generation. This is like the real NFT and the real metaverse. But yeah. you're right. Like, then they need to have, okay, what's the gameplay going to be? Well, they made Gundam Breaker 3. Santo Bell, when I first started getting into Gundam, he got me into that. Um, and Great game. Th that's uh, – all they need to do is take that – put it in the metaverse you scan your stuff it has that combat system um but in, in what i was trying to get at is there's different markets you know like yeah. what they're trying to do in metaverse i think they're like well we're not really trying to get the gaming market we're really trying to go after the gumpla market and then from there they can expand it you know sometimes we question what they do with gundam but i think they're like you said it's almost like you're just trying things out yeah even though there's some things that they should just put all their money in on, like an open world souls like Gundam. <laughs> I know I keep saying that. <laughs> Look, man, I'm telling you, it's the, the there there is such a thing as spreading your resources too thin. And yeah. I think with all of the things that are going on in Gundam right now, even though they're being developed by different, you know, different uh dev companies and different publishers, you know, you have Bandai Namco, you have Sunrise, you have all these different interested parties. I think that too much diversity of product in the market has created like kind of a there, there's no one thing that's really good, you know? Yeah. Th that is a really good point to bring up. It, it's almost like they have to look at the resources and really, because if you look at any Gundam game, I don't think any of them really feels like a full high production AAA game, like Spider-Man on ps5 you know right everything is it's kind of basic and and yeah i think it's more of it's because well there's a lot of gamers that like gumpla so we'll make this game for them but yeah there's in you know what if this if it actually ever happens the live action movie like <laughs> what if that is kind of that first step and it's interesting because i i've heard that since the barbie movie did real well like Hollywood's back into the IP. Like, let's get an IP, yeah. but do it right. Um, and Mario, and the, and the thing I, my takeaway from both Mario, from um, uh, Barbie, and even FNAF apparently is doing numbers, is both of them are very much 
what they are. Like they're not trying to make a nineties Mario movie, you know, where it's like completely other, they're like, they're trying to make it feel like you're in that, that world. So I think that's that's the same thing with like the, the new RoboCop video game. You and I have been talking about that. It's like, you know, rather than do the 2014 thing where they kind of reinvented RoboCop, they're saying like, no, we are going to put you in 1987 and you are going to be Alex Murphy. Like, yeah, that is a really good example because that game is a, and I've played the demo and it's, it is, it is so much like what you would want out of an IP to video yeah. game. It's such a faithful recreation. It even has like the kind of kitschy, um, you know, Starship Troopers style, like yes. newscasts and like the, yeah, the commercials. The I'd buy that for a dollar. And that my favorite part of the demo was when you're looking at a computer screen and this lady's telling you something. And then when it goes black, you see Alex Murphy's face, not the RoboCop helmet. You see the reflection of his face. And I was like, dude, that's pretty deep. That's and it's slowly from there. He's, you know, thinking that stuff. Yeah. So and and so that's what we need. I think we need a lot more of that sort, you know, like you said, Hollywood and and, you know, what what would what's the Hollywood? What's the game dev equivalent of Hollywood? Is it Silicon Valley? Like whatever. <laughs> that's a good question. I it, Toronto. You know, <laughs> because I sometimes think the best video game adaptations of movies are usually not from big studios. No, definitely not. And yeah. I think what, what I'm getting at is that we need people that are passionate, who truly care about the IP that they're trying to represent, that want to give you that feeling of being in a Gundam. You know, that's what th- that's what everyone's looking for. And I th- I think that if you got the right team together, people that truly, truly love the franchise that aren't trying to, you know, that aren't trying to do something different, that are really trying to write a love letter to the franchise, then you're going to get something like RoboCop, Rogue Rogue City, but 0079. Yeah, no, good one. I, I like where this chat went video games <laughs> uh, well, hey, we, we always that. we always stumble into it somehow yeah i don't know why but no but before we, before we end here i wanted to ask you have you been playing mario wonder no i i, I totally didn't even realize that it came out because okay. um, i feel so. like that's something you and your wife would play yeah absolutely we are definitely going to pick that up um my wife has been playing it more than me <laughs> she, yeah. and i've been watching videos of them doing like race modes where people are like racing and it looks so fun. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that just about does it. Thanks everyone that joined at this time. Curious what everyone thinks about this time of doing the show. I don't know if I'll always do it at this time, but it's kind of fun that I don't go back to work, you know, when I'm, when I'm done. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So everyone have a good weekend podcast version should be up later and um, yeah. See y'all later.